Welcome to the Inspiring Humans podcast. We are so happy to have you listening. My name is Stephanie Willard, and this podcast is a platform to showcase the incredible human spirit. On this podcast, I'll be interviewing people from all over the world and all walks of life who will be sharing with us their personal dreams and their dreams for the future. I believe that through coming together and creating community, incredible things are possible. In fact, anything is possible. And I hope that this podcast is a launch pad for creating the new world that we want to see that will have humanity free, thriving and living in their full self-expression. Today I'm here with Peter Walker and it's an absolute privilege to speak to Peter today and understand a bit more about what he has founded, uh, an organisation called The Village, which is a new model of how people can come together and live in harmony and uh, really share their God-given gifts with each other in a way that is value exchange. So uh, welcome Peter to the podcast today. Thanks so much, Stephanie. It's um, really fabulous to be able to be here. So I'd love you to just give us a bit of a background on what is The Village and how you came to create that concept and take action on it. Okay, well, it, it's a bit of a long story, so I'll cut it as short as I can and uh, to still make sense. Um, born out of dreams, actually. I had several dreams and they were dreams about the number 13 and they were dreams about community and they kept recurring. And that was way back in about 2009, 10. Uh, and uh, uh, I was basically told, you know, this is this is the path you need to take. This is where you need to go. So um, uh, I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't quite understand how I would proceed with that. So I took on a business coach uh, who was also a spiritual coach, and uh, and that was how he presented himself. And he once did a meditation with me. Uh, the, uh, that was the last time we really interacted on a on a coaching level. Uh, although we've stayed, we've remained friends. Uh, and he took me on a journey that basically said, I'm going to take you on a meditation where you drop everything. And it was like, drop this, drop that, drop, you know, all the easy things first, like drop your debts, all of that in the meditation. And then finally it came to drop your partnership, drop your adopted daughter, drop everything. And he said, where are you now? And I said, well, I'm nothing in the middle of nowhere. And he said, uh, so what now? And I said, I'll walk the world. And so walkingourworld.org was born out of that. And walking our world is what I started to do. And uh, over the last eight or nine years, I've walked uh, 13,000 kilometers over across nine countries. And in the process of that, in the process of putting that together, it took me a week essentially to create a website for that. Um, it was like, uh, this is an intention to build community. This is an, an intention to bring people back together. And part of the walking is to actually be on the ground with people in the various countries that I walked rather than in some kind of metal box or flying in on a plane and staying in five star or which I couldn't afford at the time anyway. Uh, so still can't. Um, uh, uh, but uh, it was basically to be on the ground with people. 2014, um, I worked on the, uh, the 13 that had been sent to me that had been dreamed in. And uh, so I contacted 12 other people and I said, um, let's draw people together and start a village based on the premise of the walking our world process, which was uh, walking for balance, peace and freedom held by love. So um, those 12 people and I then got the land. One of the people there was the landholder and had a fabulous um, creek side spot. 
and then a bunch of others invited people and brought things and I've invited people by the hundreds um, and we started fairly small with you know maybe 50 or 60 people and it went up and down across the years sometimes I was like why 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 am I even bothering uh, and um, yeah so that's the kind of background story it was born from that and then it had a range of people including me who held the vision for all that time through thick and thin. Um, and what is the vision? Well, so the vision is that um, we uh, uh, live in a mechanistic, industrialized, corporatized, uh, uh, I, I, I hesitate to call it civilization because I don't think it's all that civil. Uh, and, and essentially what occurred was that uh, in, in countries, you can still see it happening in some countries where uh, you know, uh, an interest comes in, uh, ravages the local communities and says, now move into the city. That frequently turns into slums in our Western society where, or maybe it turned into slums sooner. Um, and it's kind of, we've become the wealthy in comparison with many countries. But essentially industrialization was about focusing people into large groups, uh, uh, selling things to one another at all times, selling and trading and essentially the merchants uh, running the show. Uh, and it was really about um, uh, taking people out of those village communities where frequently they were living perfectly good lives and saying, well, it's better if you come here um, uh, and we'll pack you all into a small space. We'll develop these mega cities. You'll have everything you want at your fingertips. But essentially, um, disconnection also then occurs from the earth, from the creatures of the earth, from how to actually be and deal with the earth. And, uh, and uh, I believe as a baseline level with one another. So the vision is to reconnect people, to reconnect them in their heart and soul. And uh, um, the greatest gift to that, I think in the last little while was uh, 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 the COVID scare because people learned a little about what they didn't like about being in a city. So many of them are starting to go, what else is there? Definitely, and I, I can see that here because so many people are moving to the uh, the coast, you know, or out to nature. The, it's almost like people are craving to um, get out in nature, and there's all the, the whole Mornington Peninsula is, um, you know, jam packed. You can barely find a place to to rent, you know, there. So right. it's fantastic. It's a great sign because when we're out in nature, we kind of forget that COVID even exists because you know that's reality. Yeah, nature and very well, impact on us. You know, the fact the fact is that COVID or something so so coronavirus has existed for eons. You know, it's a COVID nineteen, a particular strain, uh, is something that we've taken particular notice of lately. But uh, but you know, we live with the possibility of disease and difficulty and challenge to our immune systems all the time. Uh, and uh, uh, there is a medical model that says well, we can defeat all of this, although that uh, occasionally proves not to be so. Um, in fact, more than occasionally. And uh, there, there are some parts about the strategies that are being employed that, from my personal perspective, are com completely out of line. You know, we, we strengthen our immune system by contact with one another. We, uh, we have a, a situation here where um, uh, what I used to be involved in, media, is 
irresponsible as far as I'm concerned. Um, and uh, that's not necessarily even intentional irresponsibility. It's just the nature of the beast. Uh, so that uh, uh, people are taken into a place of having, you know, a repetitive message delivered that, uh, that takes them down a path over which they have very little control if they're not aware of the power of that repetition and the power of the narrative. Exactly. And I'm super curious just to kind of wind back a bit to that pre that meditation that you just shared with us and what were, what was your life experience and where did you kind of see those, what were your experiences that led you to kind of think there's more to life and this, this way is not um, allowing humans to reach their full potential? I'd have to go back to um, being born to an Anglican priest. Uh, and so in being born and in my youth, I was essentially delivered uh, spirituality as, and spirit as part of, or soul, or both, as part of life. So I've, I've never really been in a place where I questioned that. I questioned, uh, you know, whether it was valid to worship some of the, the entities that were presented as worth worshipping or the religions attached to the entities. Um, however, at all times, I recognized there was more to me than just my physical body, um, marvelous as those things are. So uh, in... In that process, I then became a corporate dude. Um, I, I, I'm blessed with a, a fine intelligence and uh, I moved into media as soon as I left, uh, uh, left school. Um, I was managing radio stations by the time I was 22. Uh, at 33, I it felt a bit soulless, so I withdrew and uh, bought some tiny licenses of my own um, and started the world's first environmental and conscious radio network. It was tiny little stations around Brisbane and Southeast Queensland region. And my intention was to take over the world, was to, you know, topple Rupert Murdoch with, um, with conscious radio and then television and internet and, and uh, yeah, wore myself down, um, not managing to do that. Um, <laughs> so I stepped aside from it eventually uh, because I hadn't achieved quite well. What I wanted um, the uh, the complete overtaking of the world, the provision of a benevolent media dictator for the world. Um, so I stepped aside from that. I've done shamanic studies. I've done uh, a range of religious studies under my own steam. Uh, 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 educated myself on a whole range of environmental matters. Read the read the university um, uh, reference lists from about six universities in order to educate myself about what we were doing and how we were interacting with the world. And um, then 2008 or nine happened and it turned into a series of dreams or perhaps they're called visions, I don't know. Um, and then a bunch of other things have also occurred that, that are a little strange and, uh, and uh, reinforced my position, I guess, that, uh, that there is, we are much more than we've ever been told we're capable of. We have so much more capacity than we've ever been told we're capable of. And it, it, uh, it, it's worth opening some doors. Amazing. So what does the village look like today, physically? Ah, there's an interesting question. Um, it has, uh, in a physical way, it's, it's a gathering of people. So it's, uh, we, we, from the outset, I said to everyone, you know, let's, we don't have events. We're not having events. We may end up having events, but so far, gatherings of friends are not events. And we don't sell tickets. We do have memberships. 
so uh, that that uh, kind of places it in a, in a different position than uh, some of the authorities that may want to look at that uh, 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 like, you know, so they'd prefer to say, you know, they like to make me an organizer, they like to make the thing an event, and they like to presume that tickets are sold. And I say, well, there's actually no one organizing it. Um, there is no event, there's just a gathering of friendly people, and they have a membership, they haven't bought tickets. And we gather roughly on the basis of every three months, and that can be uh, anything from, I think our smallest village was 13 people, and I think our largest was something over 200. I know that to be the case. Um, and each time it delivers a whole range of different messages to us about how we would be if we were living in close contact with one another. How do we negotiate remaining in balance with one another, to stay at peace with one another, and to still be able to exercise our freedom and to be fully self-expressed? Um, and every time we bump up against each other in those places. Uh, but uh, uh, now it appears there are enough people who really get the concept so that it's beginning to expand in April last year, uh, or April, let's say April 2018, uh, maybe in this month, 40 or 50 people attended. In April 2021, uh, we've had about 250 people attend in the month of April. And we now have well over a thousand people on the Facebook page. Um, we have uh, moving towards that uh, on a mighty network that, uh, that uh, is our private network. Um, so, and it's expanding fast, you know, we're connecting into a range of other communities. Um, and in that, we're also then finding that there are projects involved. So there are now people seeking land and seeking to have co-owned land and to be able to establish ourselves on a 24-7 basis rather than just meeting from time to time. But in my vision, it's really all to do with actually having uh, a group of people that have our backs. You know, So even if we don't have that land, that there's a group of people who will say, you're in trouble or you don't have food or you don't have shelter or you need a hundred dollars cash or whatever that that as a group will support one another and hold one another and care for one another i've got so many questions because this is my absolute passion you know how to create community and how how do people as you said live in harmony with each other and i'm super curious <laughs> to know what um what have you been inspired by in seeing how people interact or what have you seen kind of emerge from these gatherings of people in terms of people living in harmony and finding and, and kind of really stepping towards their potential? I guess what I've um, mostly noticed is how privileged and how um, entitled most of us are. And I you know, hold myself among that as well. And I think the entitlement is the thing that uh, that is uh, so prevalent, and that's the thing that is slowly being eked away. You know, is being kind of slowly shaved down until it has less of an influence. So, you know, uh, most of the gatherings of people that we do uh, are catered in some way or another. So, you're catered for by toilets, you're catered for by showers, you're catered for by um, uh, food providers who sell stuff to you. Um, all the music's on on tap for you if you go to a festival. 
you go to a corporate thing, everything's on tap for you. You know, it's, it's, it's all about, I've now parted with my money. So you owe me. Um, so at the village, what, uh, it's a contributionist gathering and it's an Ubuntu principle. So it's something as simple as, you know, uh, uh, people coming and saying, there's no community kitchen. Why isn't there a community kitchen? And I say, well, is that what you want? <coughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> and they'll go, well, yes, it's actually what I expected. And I said, well, do you read, you know, do you read the emails? Because the email says there will be a community kitchen if you have the energy to provide one. When we first began, it was there will be toilets if you have the energy to dig them. Um, uh, there will be shared food if you can be bothered sharing with your neighbors and friends. There will be workshops, there will be presentations, there'll be singing and dancing, there'll be uh, uh, circles and meetings if you have the energy to bring them. But there genuinely is no organizer. So a couple of basic things are covered. You know, we'll mow the grass there. We might, uh, at one of them, we generally have a, a, a rock pool spa bath. Um, uh, uh, the place that we have been doing this for a long time used to have no covered area. It now has built one for us and for others who visit there. But mostly it's about people coming and learning that one, this is not meant to be perfect. Two, um, throw your expectations out the window uh, because it's different every time and whatever you expect, it's probably not going to be. Three, speak up. Uh, be, you know, don't be afraid to speak to um, uh, your, the group of people that you're with. Uh, we're all there to hold a space for one another. And if we don't speak up, then essentially we just harbor resentment or we drive off or we say, well, this thing should be this and should be that, but aren't willing to give it the energy to make it this or make it that. So it's very much about self-responsibility. If as adults, I don't care what our challenges might be, but if we consider ourselves adults and we wish to interact with a range of other people, then we must engage in open heart-to-heart -heart communication, no matter how difficult. And if there's a group of people who are willing to hold that, for those who find it more difficult, you can probably gather, I'm not one of those, I'll, I'll speak up, but there are people who are much less able. And it's, so it's an encouragement for those people to also step forward. That's, I, I think, what I notice the most is our, our ability to really hold a place where we say, I'm entitled to this and I'm entitled to that. If we can let that go, if we can move that aside and say, in order for me to have you know, a peaceful time, in order for me to enjoy being with a range of other people, I'm really going to need to speak about what it is that I enjoy, what it is that I want. Um, ask other people whether they can meet me somewhere in that and it's hard enough with a single soul as many people who marry or cohabit can find out throw 150 people or maximum number for a village 169 adults together and just watch what happens um, if we're going to live in community we're going to relearn that stuff so that's i, I think the principal thing is that there are always people who say, I didn't like this, and so I left. Or uh, Peter should be doing this, that, or the other thing. And my answer is always, I'm not the organizer. 
if you believe those things should be added or must be added to what we're doing, are you willing to lead that? And mostly the answer is, oh, no, I just want to come for a good time. But more and more, those who've been returning, coming back over and over, uh, come to a place where they say, well, I actually do want a covered space for our, for our cooking. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring it and I'll call out to others to help, or I do want live music. And so I'm going to play some and I'm going to see if I can gather some musicians. And our most recent, you know, I want to bring my dog. Well, dogs, are one of the biggest challenges of animals generally are biggest challenges of community coming together. And the other is uh, uh, quite often is music sound, uh, a particularly amplified sound. And we're in the middle of a journey with that right now. <laughs> so yeah, it's that entitlement that um, it should be like this because I want it to be like this and I'm the most important person in the room. Yeah. Wow, the village sounds like a fantastic place for self-development as well. <laughs> it's a big workshop. It's, it's, it is really a, a very freeform workshop uh, that basically says, don't come here expecting that you're going to get what it is that you thought you were coming for. Uh, don't come here and complain that it isn't what you expected because we told you that it was going to be an open source, open opportunity for you to speak your mind, call yourself and others to account. Um, is it always fun? Yes. Is it always challenging? Yes. Does it have moments of absolute open-hearted uh, connection with people that you never imagined you could have achieved? Every single time, yes. Do I have now a range of friends that I could turn to? Like really, seriously, hundreds of friends that I could turn to if I were in difficulty? Yes, and so do many others. So it's doing its work. Amazing, and so my super practical brain is just wanting to recap on, so the village is basically a number of different locations with maybe people that have said, I've got some land that I can spare, you know, during this gathering. So there's different times that you kind of set the gatherings. Um, that people come together and gather and camp or they might, you know, is it mainly camping? At this stage, yeah. Um, so, uh, again, it's it's quite free form. You know, if, uh, if someone wanted to do it at a retreat uh, and offer, you know, 12 different options for how you can be there. In fact, we did it at a caravan park once that had cabins and some people took cabins and other people took, you know, uh, bell tents and then other people came and lay their swags down. So... It, it, again, it doesn't have that form uh, locked in either. It's it's really up to villagers to decide. Uh, I drive around in a bus. That's what I'm sitting in at the moment. So I've recently oh, wow. purchased a bus. Yeah. And uh, so I drive around in my bus to each of the villages. And in between, um, I'm writing the book series about the village and uh, uh, pondering life, the universe and everything. Wow, that sounds super interesting. I'm sure you've got a lot of, um, you know, stimulating things to write about with all these experiences of different groups of people and different places and <laughs> i hope so you know uh, uh, a couple of people have heard parts of it i've read them out and uh um uh, i think one has heard all of it although she may have fallen asleep once or twice um <laughs> but uh, uh yeah i'm, I'm rereading it for my last my final edit the first book um i'm reading that for my final edit at the moment and it, you know it's not a it's not actually a journey of I met this person, I met that person, I met this person. It's a journey of, of people. It's a, a, a one man goes to the top of a hill, uh, climbs to the top of a hill, pushes his staff down into solid bedrock, 
Um, light shines down on him. He pulls it back out again. He cuts open the, the, the heavens, peels it back and says to 12 other people, hence the 13, says to 12 other people, it's time, my friends, be bold and come. And that's the call to gather together for a village. And that's, that's going to happen all over the world. That's what's coming. I'd love to ask you a few questions about, you know, creating community. And I know that you've got a different outlook on, um, you know, hierarchy and stru leadership structures around it. But I also understand the value of having uh, facilitators, you know, facilitating that space for people to uh, feel safe and feel appreciated and that they're part of a community and how much that can advance the cause. So I'd love to just hear what, what is the current leadership structure? How do you lead? How did you lead to begin it? And what have you learnt about facilitating those spaces for people? My, my natural proclivity and my capabilities from my past life, I mean, this life past, uh, is I'm, I'm a great directive leader. You know, if, if everyone said, uh, okay, you be the boss of this and we'll flick you $500,000 to do it, I can do that. You know, I can, I can run a show. I can, I, can, I can push people around, boss people around, encourage them, all of those things. I'm capable of it. Um, but it's exhausting, you know, and it's very masculine. It's very kind of, I know the way to move forward here. And so I will teach it to you. So it's very patriarchal and very, very kind of uh, um, uh, less likely to consider the opinions and attitudes and, and situations of those not in that position. So we see that in our, in our politics. Uh, we see that in the way the world works right now. Uh, uh, my intention was therefore to draw away from, from that. Uh, so my place the place that I've done my best to maintain in this is that I will constantly, continually hold a vision for this to be. I will uh, uncover as much of it as I can to whoever is interested. Initially, people's eyes just glazed over, so I stopped for a while. Um, but I will uncover as much of the, the blueprint of this that's just my blueprint. It's got nothing to do with anyone else. You know, This is how I see it. Um, as I can and as is being appreciated. And I'll just continue to hold the vision that this is how we are, this is moving forward. Uh, and having done that, the hierarchy is essentially everyone in the space. That is, the, the, the concept is that it is a circular matter, a consent agreement system, a, a check-in with everyone. Now, are there aspects of it that still need to be controlled? Of course, you know, you deal with landholders who say, I don't want, uh, you know, dogs on my property, then that has to be, you know, a hard and fast rule. And someone has to say, hey, this is a hard and fast rule. I might do that. Someone else might do that. But largely, it's about saying, let's actually sit in circle with one and let's hear a range of perspectives from one another. And in doing so, uh, take our decisions knowing that our perspective is not the only one. And uh, part of the process is also when people sit in circle, uh, I designed a governance model uh, built on a circle that has one listener, although of course, when other people are talking, uh, you know, the assigned talker, everyone listens. One person listens to the perspective of all of the other 12 people who, by the way, don't deliver their own perspective, 
they're asked to deliver the perspective of the point that they're sitting on the wheel, on the circle. So a scientist might be sitting in the place of spirituality. So either that scientist has to go, well, I don't know anything about this. I better go and talk to someone who does, or they, they will drop into an experience that is not their normal place. So their specialization is still present because it's, they have knowledge and wisdom and experience and so on there. But the, the, the call is to ask people to say, I'm going to speak from this perspective because then my ego will not be running this show. And having done that now, we've tried this, the process several times uh, uh, and it works amazingly well as you watch people perceive that there, as they give each other time to hear that there are other perspectives and you can't even blame them for their perspective because they may be sitting in part of the wheel where it has nothing to do with their normal position. So uh, it's, it's working extraordinarily well and it's about to be written into uh, uh, articles of association as, as a way in which we'll conduct ourselves with one another. But of course, some other checks and balances. You know, you, know, you don't want um, uh, circular decisions for whether or not we can spend $5 on staples. Um, but for the primary decisions, you know, for the ones that we really need to give our hearts and souls to, there's a whole, whole governance system that, that, came, that dreamed in essentially, uh, that moves out to 13 circles of 13, and that's a village, 169 adults. Uh, so hierarchy is great. Don't get me wrong, hierarchy is fabulous. You know, you've got marauding people coming running down the hill um, and they're about to attack you and, and uh, you know, uh, damage your, your property and, and, uh, and harm, your, harm your community then a hierarchical management of that is you don't want to sit around in circles for that. You need someone who stands up and says, right, get the arms, get the weapons, get the, get a spade, women and children hide, men come here, you know, or if that's still going to stand, uh, but all of those things, you know, to actually be really directive. But when we're at peace with one another, when it's not that kind of environment, uh, the opportunity to not be working 60 hours a week or more, for somebody else have all of our lives taken by someone who says this is the way to eventually maybe buy your house or at least half of it so you can pass a debt onto your children if we actually have time to be with one another my take on it is that surely the most important thing we can possibly do is sit with one another talk with one another sing and dance with one another know each other as human beings and know that there are a myriad of perspectives on every issue and quite often we can shut ourselves down to the other perspectives in order to try to be right. So it's about circular agreement, circular consent. Um, and I would have to, from the studies I've done in the past, I'd have to say it's quite a feminine attribute that's available in men, women, and those who are not gender identified. It's a feminine attribute because it basically slows down takes time, seeks opinion, has discussion, rather than that masculine attribute of, we're gonna move forward and we're gonna move forward this way. So uh, I hope that answers your question somewhat. Yeah, so uh, it's um, it sounds like a living vision, a continuously evolving 
vision depending on you know the people that come in and out and I love how you speak about the um, self-responsibility you know let's create what we want to see let's be what we want to see in the world because I think it's yeah it's really coming back to that now isn't it you know it's up to us to create the future that we want to see and that is being created in every choice that we make moving forward do we support local shops or do we go to the big you know multinationals um, or yeah. yeah. Do we do we support each other? Do we support organic farming and all those sorts of things that we're it's it's absolutely critical that we are taking responsibility for our space on earth and taking steps in that direction. And if I've understood correctly, it's you know there, there's different spots of land that people are welcome to kind of go at different times and gather on, but in future that might they might be permanent communities, you know, called the village that live together in that space um, and you know and beyond that too what what's the ultimate uh, end goal what would you you know if, if it if your vision was um, it came to fruition what would that actually look like um, there is no chance that this won't happen it's not my vision it's a vision that came through me and I don't care if nothing is called the village no one owns the name it's not trademarked it's completely it's it's just it's just out there you know it's the village people have said to me you know oh yeah but you know our our community is called blah 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 and i go that doesn't matter you're a village you know so it's not yeah, yeah. so uh, over time um my vision for this is that, that it will be a matrix all over the world you know that that uh, uh, there are countries where it already occurs you know where many countries still where village life or the way that uh, the way that people interact with each other is much more in a village fashion. There's plenty of it still in the world. The picture that I would see is that yes, uh, we, we as a as a as a humanity would take back the land. At the moment, we keep massive massive tracts of it for industrialized agriculture, most of which is really inefficient, and it's not really serving us. So, in the region I live in the Northern Rivers. There's like almost all of the land set aside as pasture land for cattle. Uh, while more and more and more people are choosing vegetarian or vegan, or they're reducing the amount of meat, meat that they eat, um, there's still this kind of industrial thing that says, let's you know grow pasture for cattle. So you see massive tracts of land with no one using them at all ever, while there are also literally tens of thousands of people in this region, homeless, have nowhere to live, and are not allowed, not permitted to move onto, you know, say 250 acres of land with more than one house. It's it's insane. It's it's manufactured. So, the concept then is that this will just expand out and out, and we'll take we'll take back the land. We'll co-own maybe thousands of blocks of land, tens of thousands of acres. And if you happen to be a villager and I happen to be a villager and you've got a place in whoop whoop and I've got a place in doop doop and I feel like coming to your place and you feel like coming to mine, we can just swap. Or, and on the way from one to the other, we would stop over at other villages and we'd help them dig their garden, help them build the building that they're on, uh, have a conversation, share what's happening where we've been living and so on. So that it's, you know, an interwoven community of people who mean you no harm, 
who actually mean quite the opposite uh, and who have an open heart, uh, an open soul and an open space for you to be and will have you back. It, it, the, the, the full vision of it is that it becomes a new way of life, you know, a, 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 that is not necessarily that new, uh, but that, that takes us along a different path. I used to fight against the industrial world and I'm too small. So rather than fight, I thought, well, I'll just, um, I'll just dislodge this carriage and take it along that different track. So that's my vision is that it will be all over the world. We won't even need this uh, to talk to one another. Uh, we won't need telephones. Uh, my, my understanding, and I've experienced it, is that we can actually communicate if we worked on what we have within ourselves, in our capacity, as hard as we work on technology, we would discover things about ourselves as, as many have, uh, uh, some, of the, uh, some of the realized, can communicate in ways that most people have never been told they, they can even aim for. So it's, it's a big vision, it's still taking over the world, only now I don't care about Rupert Murdoch anymore. <laughs> well, I'm converted. I, I'm a villager and I think everyone's a villager at heart. And um, yeah. I'm just looking at you there sitting in your bus and remembering my partner said that, you know, when he was traveling around Europe, they had this bus and that the bus kept breaking down. And as they traveled through the little, you know, the villages, they had to <laughs> stop and ask people for help. And um, in other languages generally. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, that is, and, you know, having worked in Nepal for the last 16 years, it's, um, I, I totally resonate with what you're saying. It's, we can communicate um, to each other as humans with, you know, it's, it's all energy and um, it's just incredible. And um, he, you know, he was saying that uh, they loved the fact that the bus kept breaking down after a while and they started buying souvenirs at the last town to give to people in the next town that would help right. fix their bus. But he said it was the biggest blessing because it allowed them to, you know, communicate and meet these people and have the most incredible exchanges with these people that they never would have really stopped and talked to if it wasn't for the, the faulty bus. Right. So, really, really similar to my experience in, in walking our world, you know, if you're on the ground, down there with the folk who are also on the ground, and you meet people and you have interactions you otherwise could not achieve. So yeah, um, uh, a blessing on my bus that it doesn't be the one that breaks down, and um, I'm pleased <laughs> for your partner that theirs did. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's and, and also you know just the past week I've been visiting um, a beautiful friend of mine who's 92 and he's in hospital at the moment, and just I think it's so powerful to kind of meet is i think you know it seems that he's coming to the end of his life and he's there's no frills at that stage you know there's no he's he's such a magnificent human and it's just you know there's nothing nothing um like you know visiting someone at the end of their life that puts you in the present moment and just that unconditional love and it's something that um is an absolute blessing and honor to spend you know, time with someone um, in that way. And I think, you know, it kind of made me think, how do I spend time with people like this all the time? You know, how, uh -huh. how do we, it, it really, um, really brings you back to what's important in life. And it's that connection that's so valuable with others and um, seeing, 
seeing that um, God part in everybody, seeing that incredible light that is in everybody uh, that yeah. is going to make the ultimate difference, you know, and, and freeing up that energy like you have to create, you know, being a, being a vessel to have that vision come through you and be created out into the world, which is, you know, going to make the ultimate difference. So it's so inspiring to see that you're creating spaces for people to do that and to be and to connect with others in that way. The um, last village that we've I've just come out of uh, uh, was five days. Um, I think our youngest was uh, maybe a week old, and our eldest was somewhere in their eighties. And so we a, we had some things that kind of bubbled up during that. Whole, we definitely had some things that bubbled up, but we had people all over age groups all the way through that with all sorts of different desires for how life should be how they wanted it to be all sorts of needs for people to interact with one another to sort those things out but also you know had an 80 year old over 80 year old man um, playing musical instruments with with children and we had you know it just goes on and on stephanie it's just uh, it's so magnificent to watch so challenging to be in from time to time so triggering for almost everybody I, I kind of managed to avoid it by hiding in my, my bus um, <laughs> but you know so many things come up with that many people and it's it's such a beautiful thing to see people you know uh, uh, have enough respect for one another to stop and listen and go okay uh, maybe maybe I, I did go a bit over the top and maybe I need to maybe I need to settle a bit because I'm upsetting people or um, other other circumstances where people go oh my god I didn't even realize how beautifully I was interacting with people I didn't realize that I'd be I was being appreciated at all and now I've had six people in a circle say thank you for all that you brought I didn't even realize I was bringing it you know so it's that, that recognition from other people that you know we are all contributing all the time and every thought including thoughts by the way every thought word and deed goes out into uh, you know an energetic matrix of all of us you know a super consciousness if you like so we're participating this is part of the ceremony we do at the, at the very beginning of every of every village we are influencing one another all the time whether we choose to or not. So can we just bring our attention to that reality? Uh, and maybe that will temper how we decide we want to interact or be interacted with. So yeah, it's um, such a journey. I promise you, it's such a journey to watch new people come in and go, oh my God, what have I come into? And people have been around for a while going, you know, this doesn't necessarily get any easier, does it? And I go, no, it's like, it's the more people that come, the, the, the more this attracts people, the more challenging it's going to become to interact with it. So it's, it's huge fun, great way to live life, uh, a great, a fantastic adventure and journey for me and many others now. It's, um, it's amazing to listen to the way you describe it because I, I hear such trust and acceptance in the way that you share you know what the village is it's it's like it's like this trust of the vision that did come to you and is coming through you uh that it's an acceptance for human nature in a way and not that it needs to be you're not attached to it being any certain way um which is so freeing for people and 
you know, just, I, I mean, I can imagine with the with the sound and the noise and all the different perspectives and opinions and that's, as you said, the beauty of it and, and the challenge of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. It's, uh, um, uh, yeah, there, there's a good number of folk that, particularly who drop in and, the, you know, and they'll come in and they'll come in and they'll go out, they'll come in and go out or they'll just come in and go out once. Um, and the number of times that, that people will say, why hasn't Peter attended to this? Um, and it's like, well, you know, one, if you just drop in one time, uh, you may want to drop in a few more times to see really, you know, to get some deeper understanding of what it is that's going on. Uh, two, uh, this, is, this is a co-creation. So it's not up to me to attend to anything. I, what I've taken on is to hold the vision, nothing else. That was critiqued for a long time, even by those close with me, because, you know, they'd be building structures and digging toilets. And I'd go, no, I don't do that. I'm not doing that. I'm holding the vision. Uh, a few have now stepped into a place where they're also holding the vision and they've contacted me and gone, oh, this is harder work than it looks, isn't it? And I go, well, yeah, it's, um, it has, certainly has its challenges, um, which are different to you know, building a structure or making a community kitchen or washing up. Uh, so you can participate in those things as well, but the holding of the vision is actually a fairly nuanced journey, but huge fun. And so critical, I think, just to have that person that is always holding that vision and always, you know, progressing that vision and just holding that space is, um, as you said, the thinking and the thoughts and the energy that comes with that is critical. Um, and I've got two more questions. Uh, one is just around, there, are there the basic kind of rules? Is there a framework that people, when they step into a village, that, you know, this behaviour will be accepted, this behaviour won't be accepted? Um, or because it, it sounds very, very open and fluid. Um, are there certain things that people have as an introduction? Um, you mentioned a ceremony where they get a little wristband. Um, how do you kind of set... The boundaries to stay on track for your vision uh self-responsibility is raised everyone sent an email you know when they when they get their membership new or old um, most of them i think don't read it um as most people don't once an email is longer than three lines you know they tend to go oh i got my email um but can you tell me this and it's like well it was actually in the email did you read it oh didn't get the time but an email is sent out that says Here's how we're going to conduct ourselves. Most of that is about whatever the rules of the land we're on are about. You know, the people who have either private land or public land, there's rules. And you go, well, we're going to abide by the rules. We want to be welcomed back here. Um, the, the thing that's then presented to people is that we are here as self-responsible adults. However good we are or bad we are, that, that's, that's what we aim to be. And in our self-responsibility, um, we also come together at peace with ourselves, with the land, with the spirits of the land, and with each other. Uh, and we see we're going to investigate how well we can embody that. Uh, so holding the vision then becomes just saying those things are in place and calling people to, to bring those things into place. So it's, it's not, there's not a lot of rules. Um, there, there really aren't, you know, it's a, I've had people say, this is supposed to be a drug and alcohol free event and all the music's supposed to stop at whatever o'clock at night. 
And I, I always respond, um, I don't know where you read that or how you assumed that, or uh, that's not what this is. Um, this is actually very free form in order for us to uh, discover what it means to be self-responsible, what it means to remain in peace with one another, uh, uh, to consider one another's various choices about how we wish to live life. And, you know, if someone decides to drink themselves to a place of, of uh, you know, drink alcohol, for example, to a place where they are offensive, annoying, uh, and so on, the concept is that rather than banning that, which is often called for, you know, we should, this should be, should be, should be. And I go, well, rather than banning that, uh, bring that to circle and say, look, you know, you kept me awake last night and um, you kept me awake all night and I'm really, really unhappy about it. And I don't want you to do that anymore so that the actual whole group can then go, well, yeah, me too. I think that's pretty reasonable that they shouldn't be kept awake all night. Um, da, 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 da. Um, and so, but, you know, bless the people who, who break the rules because the people who break the rules uh, become what I call the Hayoka. And the Hayoka is, is the person who flips everything on its head and says, I'm not going to follow the rules. And that reinforces for people how important it is to have some basic rules about how we're going to engage with one another. You know, so we've now, we've got codes of conduct that we've written up for when, you know, when we have our own uh, uh, blocks of land and, and places to be. And, we've, and that they're beginning to apply to our gatherings as well. And we have, you know, processes that we've now published and people say, oh, you know, can you send me an email about that? You know, or can you do this? Or can you record some videos or whatever? I say, no, you can, it's, it's all written down on the Mighty Network. You can go there and read it. And if you couldn't be bothered, then I guess you're not interested enough. So yes, as we do this, more things are stepping forward to say, well, Here's one we don't want to have to go over and 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 over again. Let's just write something down that says, well, this is how we expect each other to conduct themselves with each other. And then people can read that and go, okay, suits me, doesn't suit me. I'll be part of this thing or I won't be part of this thing. And so it's that balance, again, of the, of the flow, going with the flow and, you know, having uh, enough agreeing to enough things that bind us in order to be able to all express freedom to the greatest extent possible within those bindings. Amazing. And I, I just want to correct um, the language that I used before, because I think I said, what would the end goal look like if your vision came to fruition? <laughs> and I wanted to correct myself and say, you know, when the vision comes to fruition, because um, I can see on Facebook with all the activity and it's just, it's unreal. And I think there's a real craving that people have to be part of community and to do things differently. And I love the rule breakers as well. I'm, I'm definitely one of them and I love me too. break the rules because, yeah. you know, you need that kind of spirit to kind of question things. And I think that lack of curiosity is what we see a little bit in society or, or a lot. And I think, you know, it's absolutely critical that we use our, uh, you know, critical mind, but also just the ability to question and um, weigh things up with our intuition and our gut feeling. And if something doesn't make sense to inquire into that and really trust that. We are currently in a time where, being, where we're being, uh, uh, having a message pervade to us that says, um, you cannot argue in any other fashion. 
we will uh, we will block your point of view. We will uh, censor your perspective. We will not allow this debate to occur. That immediately has me going. Oh, hang on a minute. You know, so you're asking me to drop completely into my trusting innocent child and drop everything else and just go. Oh, okay, that's the way we're going. No, critical thinking, uh, uh, active debate. All of those things are part of life. Are they challenging and difficult? Sure, they're meant to be, you know, and they're the way that we actually find our, find our way. Right now, we're being told also, um, I am going to mandate that I can do something to your body without your permission. Now, there have been rules that have been set in place from way, way back where it was learned that that was inappropriate. But right now, we're being told, Either you do this or you will be cut out of society. You will not be able to go to supermarkets. You'll not be able to go to restaurants. There's something not right. And while ever that something not right is occurring, I'm going to be one of the ones who will be bumping up against it going, well, in that case, I'll just separate from your stupid damn system and we'll, we'll begin doing something else. And you watch that grow because more and more and more people are also beginning to go, hang on a minute. Uh, surely we can at least hear other people's perspectives, at least have the opportunity to consider other perspectives. And those other perspectives will out. And it might, you know, there's a, there's a whole process with that. You know, there's early adopters and then there's, and on it goes in marketing. You know, there's, you've got people who make their choices at different times and different points. Well, the early adopters are already going, hang on a minute. And critical minds all over the world are starting to go, there may well be other strategies for how we're going about this. And maybe we better start employing them rather than essentially using exactly the same thing we used 100 years ago. So, you know, there's, um, this is an important time. We're here at an important time. We're, and we're here. So we're part of it. So for me, it's about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the part of it that says, just a minute, I need a better explanation than that. Or... I'm going to be over here. You can come and join me over here if you like. And the rules are different. Here, here. Excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how can people, what are the different ways people can get involved or to, you know, find out more information? Look, uh, uh, I, uh, I don't have any more spaces for friends on Facebook. I've got 5,000 friends on Facebook and they haven't banned me yet. So I'm pretty cautious not to do what I just did much on Facebook. Um, because <laughs> they just turn you off, you know. Um, but they can reach out to me um, on Messenger. Um, they can reach out to me, uh, uh, Peter Walker. Um, and, you know, they'll see a picture of me that looks like I'm a writer, you know, with glasses and like half my face shaded and so on. So they'll be able to spot that. Um, and they can reach out on Messenger and I'll, I can link them in. Come to the gatherings is the most important thing. You know, it's like come and be part of one of the gatherings or start one up. Ask me about starting one up where you are because it's not about me running them. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's about people coming together. So reach out to me. Uh, have a look at uh, the village uh, page on Facebook. That's kind of our introductory point. So not everything goes on there, but it allows people to get a taste they can have a look at what you know pictures and so on i think you're on there already stephanie so you've seen some of the pictures from our last couple of gatherings um and then that moves on to the mighty network which is like a more of an inner core of people who are actively engaged with this now um so 
keep your eyes and ears open as well because there's communities all over the place talking about it. We currently have people in Melbourne and Sydney reaching out saying, how do we get this started? We have people in uh, Canada now. Uh, the first village has been held in Canada and they're already looking for land there. In New Zealand, there's already land that is run by, a community land that is run by a dedicated villager. And in the UK, people are all reaching out saying, Peter, when are you coming across? And I say, well, I'm not getting that needle in my arm, so maybe a while, but you know, we can, we can still, you can still start it up there. So, you know, uh, stay in touch with me, stay in touch with the village uh, page on Facebook, uh, ask about joining the Mighty Network, come to the gatherings. Um, it, it's not really about making this grow fast. I, I'm, I'm just not interested in that. Uh, it's on a shamanic count, so it's gonna move at the pace that it's meant to move. Um, but, you know, keep your eyes and ears open, reach out. Uh, someone you know has already been to a village or already knows what this is about. So reach out to them and, and uh, weave your way. That You'll find me, uh, you'll find us, and, and uh, your life will never be the same again. Amazing. Thanks so much for your time, Peter. It's really inspiring and I think it's so um, timely. You know, people are really looking for this sort of stuff moving forward. So um, thanks so much for giving us a bit of a deeper insight into the vision of the village. And um, it's, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has been inspired. Absolute pleasure, Stephanie. Um, uh, of course, to release the book um, called The Call, which is book one of the village and that's maybe a month or two months maximum away and that also will doesn't just tell people exactly this is what we're doing it's not a it's not instruction manual it's this journey that basically says here's how we have to interact with one another and and uh, here's a bunch of parables that um that maybe will speak to you that maybe you'll enjoy uh, and th this is unstoppable now this is this is the future and it's not about me or anyone involved with this thing that's named the village it's that it's time for people to co-create. It's, it's there's a, a new time has dawned and it's now. So let's embrace that. Um, reach out, reach out for people, reach out for friends, start your own village. Thanks for listening to our Inspiring Humans podcast and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any inspiring human in mind that you would like to nominate, please reach out and let us know. Also, you're very welcome to become part of our Facebook group called Inspiring Humans, where you can connect with incredible people from around the globe. Uh, thirdly, if you are interested in being part of a global network, we have an incredible community at sevencontinentscouncil.com, where we hold events, programs, and many different initiatives that you can be involved in. Thank you and see you again soon.